0: heavily, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: It is Wednesday, January 6th, 2021, and it is time, donks, for Morning Combat. Today is going to be an absolutely batshit day. In American history, because about a mile from where I live right now is just craziness all the way around. So let this show, Morning Combat, bring you some sanity, some regularity, some normalcy to your lives. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of your hosting duo. I am from CBS Sports. I am joined by the king of Connecticut, not named Apathy. He's the conspiracy to my theory the one and only Brian Campbell, also from CBS Sports. Hi, Brian. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine, Luke. Nobody wants to hear about your local BS, by the way, okay? They want to hear. want want to They, they, they want ri- to rise and shine and hear about some Japanese MMA, okay? So can we please get ready? We, I mean, Luke, I, I got some heavy reading to do uh, looking up these gains while you finish telling me about what the streets of D.C. are going to look like. Good God. oh shit you got the encyclopedia bro that thing will change your
1: life I got this when I was I think 19 or 20 years old
0: look please tell me you're just now realizing that I own this please I mean one you could see by my physique but I am just
1: now realizing you own this
0: this is probably the third time in the last week that this book has made an appearance on screen at some points for stretches that have extended more than a minute and a half Luke (laughs) Yeah, okay. I, don't, I, I know up. you
1: I know you like to think I just look at you all show long. I don't. Sometimes I don't even have the window up to see what's happening.
0: I mean, wake up and smell the gross water that the hot dogs get cooked in. Please, Luke. Come on now. All How right? are you
1: doing otherwise, Brian, aside from dismissing the federal concerns that are happening just a couple of miles from where I live?
0: No, I, I hope you guys are all safe in there in our country, by the way. I hope can mend itself. I'm doing great, Luke. It's a new year. You know, that means no limits, okay? So every week we're just... Stiff arming, trying not to get fired, trying to cash these checks, trying to raise this family, trying not to go crazy from uh, seasonal winter depression. So that's fun, you know, but we'll get through it, Luke. We, you know, we're doing great, doing great here. Uh, to, we, shout out to my favorite hemp-infused seltzer, Kalo, by the way. Keep going. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah.
1: We should point out that, uh, you know, that Kalo probably helped to do a really great UFC 257 preview with CBS Sports' Sugar Rashad Evans. It is up on the YouTube channel right now. We should post a link to it in the description box, but it's literally the video before this one in the feed. You guys sort of talked about what, like what would happen with um, the mental side of things and the implications of the division. Yeah, look at
0: the storylines, early look at the X's and O's without really getting into what will happen. But it's a fight so big, Luke, and I think you might agree, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the holiday season, a fight that's oddly not up at the like come and get me level that you would expect for how big of a fight it is that's why we wanted to get out there early and just be like let's start banging that drum now right let's bang that thing like let's Def Leppard that thing let's bang that thing right come on man
1: does that mean bang it with one arm
0: yes shout out to that guy right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: all right we have a lot to get to today in terms of well, to an extent UFC 257 but more just what what's going on in the sport right now so please Thumbs up on the video, hit the subscribe button, always appreciate that when you do. We also need to say, if you want to try Showtime, who makes this show possible, you certainly can. Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you may keep it. If not, you may go do something else with your life. Uh, You can get our merch, store.show, that's S-H-O.com, that is the best place to be for any of the merch that you like to get, hats, shirts, mugs, tumblers condoms for your balls that kind of a seriously thing,
0: you know? i'm i'm prime doll with this on i really am right now you know
1: yeah fair fair you look a yeah. little bit like it you got the reservoir tip at the top of your hat there just
0: for a second like a weirdo yep just to see how that feels up there um before you get into the actual show luke i did want to say i reached out to a, a a villain of this here show right here right jason aaron about uh, the, the slander job you did over his uh, music career aspirations on Monday's show. Me? Uh, how about, how he, about we? He had not seen it uh, up to this point. Shocker, right, Jay? Not knowing what's going on on, this, on the show that he supposedly works on. But he said he will be back on Monday, and you better believe he will be back uh, with a response to, uh, to your continual, uh, this is me editorializing, but your continual destruction of that man's fine character.
1: You were the one that put it in. Have you seen this shit? I didn't do that. Yeah, it's pretty
0: hilarious. It's pretty, I mean, it's, I mean have you seen it? It's pretty hilarious. You know, it's great. It's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, if you haven't seen that, that's on Monday's episode. You can check that out if you want to see Jay just acting in the worst way imaginable, uh, yeah. short of committing a crime. Yeah, you can go see that there. Uh, and then, last but not least, what was I going to say? I, I had a point I wanted to make, and now I forgot it. So, you know, couldn't have been that important, I suppose. Um, okay. Well, with that in mind, we have a show to get to today, your fan submissions. We're going to try out a new segment, but first we have to get to a bit of news, BC. So it is now official, good sir. We now know that uh, the next UFC show to air, which will be on the 16th of this month, which is not far away. That, of course, will be Calvin Cater taking on Max Holloway. That will air the main card anyway on abc now the main card kicks off at 3 p.m in the east a very early time it is believed that this is in part designed by abc to counter program the nfl playoffs which is to say everyone knows the nfl playoffs are going to do well but to the extent you can offer up some kind of alternative there may still be enough of a spillover audience to do pretty well bc your thoughts on the ufc returning to network television officially
0: uh, this is huge in the and look, if it was if it was a separate one off it'd still be big, but I think you have rightfully muted that this doesn't mean as much in twenty twenty one. You know what I mean? Look, the UFC went nationally on Fox in twenty eleven. So but the whole point I think this is is it kicks off this what four card stand in a week and a half or two weeks or whatever at Fight Island, which includes Conor McGregor's return against Dustin Poirier in a monster pay-per-view rematch. So just business wise alone putting this uh, you know the afternoon on abc on a saturday it's going to be the best sort of commercial for people to buy that connor pay-per-view of course but it's also a really great fight and a great time And look, this is an old debate, especially for us old, washed East Coast sports journalists who are so sick of these fights coming on. Uh, You know, forget Saturday night. How about even sometimes these Friday night fight nights coming on, you know, uh, 11, 12, 1 a.m. main event. To see something go off early, like Ryan Garcia's fight did last week, like a lot of the big uh, UK-based Anthony Joshua boxing matches god is it just refreshing to see a fight on and you know this this main card kicks off at three you're probably going to see the main event right around where we saw the ryan garcia fight last saturday um everybody's awake okay no matter what coast you live on it seems like you know at least in the us everybody's ready everybody's near a screen i get why you don't traditionally do this during football season of all places but if this is just a continuation and an extension to get outside the box in combat sports that Saturday is everything and Saturday night is the finest window after all the football games end when us old bastards are half asleep and the everyone else who's young is out at the club. Uh, can we go back to where things used to be? I mean, you know, obviously in the 80s. Great boxing was on. We didn't have MMA, but great boxing was on Saturday and Sunday afternoons on network TV. Uh, Big-time pay-per-views were on Monday nights, Ryan and Tyson Spinks on a Monday night. Uh, you probably could get more people by your TV at that time. Maybe not against Monday Night Football, but you get the point there. So, look, this is really big, just from a... Look, we're in the ESPN Disney family. They have ABC if you're the UFC. Let's extend out to there. It's of programming as you mentioned. It's a lot of things. I think Max Holloway is a great... Sort of face to put out there. If the if there's anyone left who who hasn't heard, you know, hasn't watched UFC since the beginning days and isn't sold on this, you get a smiley face like Max, who if gets a big win here, could catapult him right back into that title picture, right to the front of the line. For all we know, uh, everything about it seems to ring like it's a good decision, Luke.
1: Yeah, there's nothing—it's just it's just hard to know what on earth could be bad about it, right? I mean, there, obviously, ABC at that time, you know, is that their biggest viewing window? Probably not, but given the nature of what's happening around the world in sports, I'm sure it will be a good one for them. It will be interesting to see what kind of ad revenue that they get as a consequence of this. It'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they pull or what it does for the winner. But the thing I'm actually focusing on, BC, is less some of those things, although they are pretty critical and pretty important— but, what kind of copycat or competitor effect that it might have? You know you we, we full disclosure, I have no idea if there are any plans, but we do work for Viacom, CBS. I wonder if the ratings end up being good for this. Will CBS want to leverage their previous relationship with Scott Coker in a way that they once did? I know things ended poorly with the Strikeforce Nashville card. Fair enough. It's a day that will live in MMA infamy, but there are always possibilities going forward. How much would people really hold that against them today? I don't think it would really matter in that kind of method uh, or or situation at all. So um, that's something to think about. More to the point, when the UFC went back to network TV through the Fox deal, right? So they had won every quarter back in that Fox deal. I honestly feel like, and I might be getting my dates wrong here, BC, so correct me if, uh, if if I'm missing something, but I fully believe that that was... Part of the impetus, at least some of the early strategy that the PBC did of going to Spike TV and going to CBS, and they had a lot of different national partners, but the point being is it kind of kickboxing in the the, the pants just a little bit to maybe go and see, see if there were bigger audiences and bigger networks to seek out will this one show do it I don't know but if you look at the reporting from John Aranda the Sports Business Journal he's saying this is definitely not a one-off they could go back to this repeatedly or however much they want to I tend to think that's probably going to motivate other players in the combat sports space to get a taste of what the UFC is enjoying
0: yeah yeah no question about that and I just love that it's Kicking off this stretch where we get this on a Saturday afternoon on primetime television. May, okay, may, you know, it means what it means, whatever. Then we get a Wednesday morning nine AM Eastern start for that uh Kiesa card, and then we get the big ass pay per view, and then don't we come back the next week with something big as well on Fight yeah. Island? What's that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a... th- I think this is Irish dude who's fighting. I'm not sure. No, no, name. that
0: is that weekend. I'm talking about the don't they have a fourth one? Don't they come back right after that as well? Oh, they I, might.
1: I'm not I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, look, you know, UFC doesn't take any time off, right? You know, they took the the most, the least minimum amount of time during the quarantine off. Uh, this is a short little holiday break. They are coming back with a bang. So, again, uh, Dana, keep me out of your videos, but well done, sir.
1: Uh, any expectations for ratings? Do you think that they'll hit, like, 3 million, 4 million? Yeah.
0: No no. Well I mean look, there's there's bright potential. You've got the the ESPN arm to promote it on SportsCenter like you know, like crazy as well, but it is going against the NFL playoffs. It doesn't mean what it used to mean with streaming, right? It's not as like the old model of, of just some old guy sitting at home flipping through the six channels that he has, I mean, that's not there anymore, right? You know what I mean? Does anybody flip anymore? Does anybody actually flip, Luke? Is there a person left who has traditional cable that their only method is flipping through? Probably not. Everybody knows what channel they like or they've got their favorite shows VOD'd. So what can it do? I two to three million, I think that would be a, a a plus, a solid, maybe three and a half, Luke. But I, you know, it's certainly not going to do when CBS made that giant move and did, you know, Kimbo with Elite XC and did Fedor with Strikeforce and was doing, you know, six, seven million on a Saturday night. And you're just like, holy crap. Uh, it was a different era and setup for network television back then.
1: By the way, on that card, just to remind folks, it's Holloway versus Cater. Omari Medoff taking on Tom Breeze. Carlos Felipe versus Justin Taffa. Nick Lentz taking on Mike Grundy. And then David Zawada versus Ramazan Amyev. Not that's... like the biggest names ever for... By the way, Wikipedia is calling it UFC on ABC1 to sort of consider that. Uh, and then Yeah,
0: Wikipedia still calls it like UFC on Fuel 38. Like they don't care, but uh <laughs> it's it's either a pay-per-view or it's a UFC Fight Night where I come from, but that is the drizzling shits short of that I main event. I mean, come on, Luke. try to try to get me fired up for Akhmetov coming off a Weidman loss. Please. Come on here. What are we going to do with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some other uh, interesting bouts. You might get Ricky Simone on that one. It was supposed to be against uh Boom Kelleher, but he got COVID. However, you do have the return of Joaquin Buckley taking on Alessio DiCarrico. That should be interesting. Hey, Phil put that Haas. in the Coleman,
0: dude. But seriously, put that up in the damn Coleman. Yeah, well, or game.
1: the other one. They got Santiago Nibio back after two years taking on the Leech Li, Li Jing Lang. I'm a little surprised that that's not a little bit higher, given that like Felipe versus Justin Taffa, but it's a heavyweight contest. So maybe they're hoping they'll just gas out and knock each other the fuck out. Who knows? But um, <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the best card ever, to be clear, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Luke, well, uh, real quick on this whole idea of, I mean, look, we're, we're, it's 2021. The whole idea of UFC going mainstream. I mean, look, the, the Fox deal in 2011 was a, like a massive step forward, right? They're on the heels of the Brock Lesnar pay-per-view run. And, you know, ESPN had MMA Live, which became an actual TV show and was uh, going to fight. So that was a point of legitimization that was a major step. And it was all part of Dana... You know, his mission statement back then was like, UFC's going to be one of the four majors, right? It's going to kick NASCAR to the curb and kick the NHL to the curb, and it's going to be NBA, NFL, you know, college football, baseball, and the UFC. Um, to his credit, he's gotten as close as he possibly could. I mean, you know, just the ESPN TV deal in general, uh, LT, is pretty damn massive. Is there another hill to climb? Like, what makes a guy like Dana successful is he can't sleep right? He's always looking to expand in China or or you know do anything to keep UFC going. But is there anything left in this whole sphere of like mainstream commercialization that would make you go wow that the UFC could do?
1: The answer is yes, but not with this card. I mean, they're the the UFC is going to be going up against the I think the divisional round of the playoffs. Yes, so there'll be four games that weekend, two on Saturday two on Sunday. I mean, basically those will decide who goes to the conference championships and then from there, the Super Bowl, right? So at that point, you're dealing with some of the very best product that the NFL has to offer. This main event between Holloway and Cater certainly would fall along those lines, but in general, this product is not. To me, to really get a sense of like, what is possible? How far could you push this relationship? You'd have to have the UFC approximating something much closer to their more premiere end of their of their product. And again, the main event certainly is that, but overall it's not. All right, let me um, let me
0: interrupt w- you and just ask you this then. They would never do this, right? Never. But let's say they announced Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier was going to air on ABC at eight PM Eastern on Saturday night, January twenty third. Could that do 10 to 15 million view like could it be so astronomical that they could say we are the, the the number 3 sport in the U.S. you know we we have cracked that that core it's not just college football NFL NBA and everybody else we are there could they do that like what would Connor Dustin 2 on free freaking TV in primetime do for ratings look what what would what would be the damn number tell me Prom- right now. promoted
1: properly right so you had a big lead in time um you know, maybe you had fans in attendance, right? We're talking about like, so there's the vaccine has been at that point widely distributed. So you have media in attendance uh, for the buildup. You did a press tour, right? Th- that kind of a thing. I honestly feel like 20 million would be underselling it. I really feel like you could do what a big NFL game could do. Not 40 million. I think that seems a little bit too, too much, but 20 to 30 million. Yes, I think you could do that. I really absolutely do. If you had a premier product promoted properly, and part of that promotion is not just selling the fight, right? Like Dustin's going to fight McGregor, but saying Conor McGregor is going to fight for free on network television. You do not have to pay for it. You just got to find a TV set or a phone or a tablet. That's it. Gratis. No charge. All yours. That is such a selling point. You would get so many people who are, you know, they look up McGregor results or they buy the occasional McGregor pay per view. You would get them tuning in in a way that they wouldn't ordinarily do i really think people don't have nearly enough imagination about what that we don't really know what the very premier side of the sport draws we've put championships on there we put some big fights on there but we've never put championships with big marquee pay-per-view selling names in any kind of real demonstrable way when they were at the peak yeah. of their earning potential i mean you give, I, I think it'd be huge
0: you give dana in them credit in 2011 when they did put the heavyweight championship on, on national television i mean that was a ballsy move although JDS and Kane, you know, not household names at that point, but still a big move. Uh, let's not. It would never happen with Conor in like a real big fight. You always wonder though whether it's Conor or the Floyd Mayweather business if anyone would take that gamble on a softer fight because Floyd Mayweather's last fight of his original uh, Showtime deal, uh, they had talked for the Ber- Andre Berto fight that ended 2015. It was the fight after the Pacquiao fight. Stephen Espinoza said on this show even there were talks for a short season of putting that on big CBS. I mean, that could have been, you know, freaking massive, even though it's a one-sided fight on paper and it played out that way, you know, when the fight actually happened. So, you know, you just always want... It would never happen because there's too much money to be made. I just always wonder, could Conor versus anybody do 10 million views on a Saturday? You wonder. You wonder. Oh,
1: I, I absolutely think he could. Again, under the right circumstances, you start playing with that formula a little bit and the numbers drop off pretty substantially. But the right promotion, right time, right opponent right the right kind of promotion it would absolutely fucking slay so to be clear about that all right so it was also made official for that third paper excuse me for the third card on the this month from fight island UFC 257 you're going to get Michael Chandler taking on Dan Hooker it is now official BC a lot of different questions to 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 ask about this but the one I want to go to first is let us imagine a world. And I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, chaos certainly th- seems like a fair uh, assessment and a fair bet. But let's imagine a world where Michael Chandler goes in there and loses. And let's say loses like in the way that Dan Hooker puts away opponents. Maybe it's competitive for a time, but he gets finished. What would that do for the career of Michael Chandler? How bad would it hurt him?
0: Uh, you know, th- there's there's levels to losing, so if he got starched, it would look bad. It would look li- it would look like I mean, look, when Eddie Alvarez came in as the big deal from Bellator, he lost a competitive fight with Cowboy. Like, you know, but it's, so it wasn't a disaster. If Chandler comes in there, big guns, big balls. I mean, he's talking about beating uh, Hooker so badly that he could convince Habib to come, you know, to not retire to fight him. Yeah, it would look bad if he got starched. But anything short of that, Luke, an action loss, a competitive loss, he's going to be fine. In fact... This is in play. Let me tell you something that's in play. We did an exercise on CBSSports.com, something that you hate, Luke. Good God, do you hate this type of thing. Making bold <laughs> predictions for the damn New Year. It's you not know, even just bold like,
1: predictions. It's just masturbating in the audience. Just shooting face, from okay. the
0: hip, right? Shaking up that champagne bottle without a and just, you know, I mean, just just doing that thing. And I'm like, you know what's a bold prediction? The great Michael Chandler could come in guns blazing to the UFC in 2021 and lose two fights in a row, and still, you know, be considered great. It's just that we're in a killer lightweight era. It's in play that he could lose to Dan Hooker. Let's say he rebounded against anybody in the back half of that top 10. It's in play he could lose that fight. I mean, look, match him up against a Kevin Lee, a Paul Felder, any of those type of guys. You're like, it's a good-ass fight. I got to see it. So the whole point is, short of just getting dominated, he's going to be fine. It's more about the debate of the top end, How much will Dana and company look to give him the world if he comes in there and beats Dan Frick and Hooker in his UFC debut? Does he cut the line in front of Gaethje and Oliveira? I mean, does he, how far do they want to push this guy knowing they're going to have a short window of really fun action fights and he's a great fighter, he's a great dude we've never really seen Dana like overly push the guys who came over from Bellator. I mean look, Eddie Alvarez got every opportunity and he cashed in those opportunities, but uh you know, they gave him a pretty big fight here to kick off. So I think it's more about where can he go if he wins. If he loses and he and it's a fun fight, he's not gonna go that far, Luke, right? It didn't kill I Eddie. Think,
1: I, I think there's actually a possibility where he could lose and his stock might even go up, which is to say stock in terms of are you the best at lightweight would be take a hit no matter what if he lost to, uh, you know, again, not some controversial decision, but like a, a, a fair way to say that, you know, Dan Hooker won. Yes. I mean, his stock in that sense would take a hit, but if he goes out there and, and this is very much, you know, I don't think that this is likely, but if he has a kind of, uh, I'm going to say, you know, a version of Lawler versus Condit, you know, where it's just, I'm talking balls to the wall action. These two guys are trying to kill each other for the duration of the contest. This one will be three rounds, not five. You might say to yourself, "Jesus Christ! Like this dude is just going for it." I mean, we knew he did that before, but maybe in different ways than he even did. Because even against Benson Henderson, the first time he went balls out, but then you know had to really, really resort to the wrestling. If he doesn't do that, if he just goes up there and just absolutely bludgeons the guy and gets bludgeoned in the process, you know the UFC staff might say, "Okay, well maybe he's not the best lightweight on earth, but we got to get this guy back in there. We got to get this guy in rotation. He is, he is exactly the kind of thing we're looking for." So I actually think that there is a way where. Uh, I should say there are there are real, I think, plausible scenarios where a victory is, or excuse me, a loss, I should say, for Michael Chandler is not in anywhere even close to the end of the world. To your point, though, what would be a bad thing is if he goes in there and gets outclassed. I think that's the part where you're trying to say, okay, it, you know, getting finished by Dan Hooker is not the end of the world. It doesn't ruin your career. Gilbert Burns got finished by Dan Hooker, but Gilbert Burns was younger and moved up a weight class and just got a lot better. You don't really see those opportunities possible for somebody like Michael Chandler. At this point, at age 34, if you get outclassed, even for Eddie Alvarez losing to Don Cerrone, you have much less opportunity to repair the the damage that could come as a consequence, particularly if you are measured and careful and you throw your best weapons at them and they don't work. If you throw your best weapons at Dan Hooker and they work pretty well, but not enough in the end because Dan Hooker's, you know, a very special talent, I don't think it's that big a deal, but if you actually try to beat this guy and you look poor in the process, that would be very, very, very bad for him. I think it would damage his stock considerably
0: because you know i'm sorry for cutting you people think all i do now is cut you i remember when the back in the days when people used to get mad that you would cut me off luke one day i'm just yeah. gonna cut you how about that one day I'll just well, cut one down uh, just, I'll just to, sever the artery just to
1: help the audience understand we're trying to talk to each other through zoom and it's hard yeah. to sometimes hear or stop it's not like a normal conversation but you don't get you know,
0: conversational cues uh look obviously you can go disastrous will brooks great bellator champion disastrous UFC run, but do you remember, what What do you remember two scenarios, one, when Eddie came over and lost to Cowboy, and two, when Benson, I'm sorry, when Anthony Pettis, coming off of that Benson Henderson fight, went from WEC to UFC, and I'm thinking this guy's going to freaking, you know, start printing the Wheaties box, in fact, screw Wheaties, let's get a good it. let's put him on the Booberry or something, let's put on something <laughs> that actually tastes good, Um, and then he lost to the damn Carpenter, right? In either situation, the Guida loss for Pettis or uh, Alvarez, do you remember thinking that their stock got destroyed, or just oh man, it's a tough loss in a tough fight?
1: Um, I don't know. Why don't you answer it for me? I don't. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I remember just being like, oh, that sucks. I thought this guy was going to win a title, but he fought well. He fought hard. Let's see him again. So to, obviously, Chandler, yeah. I think, isn't even. Well, I don't want to say a much bigger action fight potential than those two names, Anthony Pettis and, and Eddie Alvarez. Both bring the frickin' action. But yes, you're right he he could be uh, he could lose twice and be the new Justin Gaethje for the UFC, the new shiny toy that you throw in there and you make fun action fights. You never know. We'll see. So yeah, there's a lot to gain here, win or lose for Chandler. And I'm loving Luke. The Dan Hooker quotes. Did you see that specific quote that he gave to some Australian podcast where he said, no. "You're going to give me the new toy." I'm going to break the real, the new toy real quick. He says, Luke, it's a horrible style matchup for Chandler, and Hooker believes he'll need less than five minutes to break him. I Oof. love when people talk tough, all right? I love Oof. that shit. Yeah, we should
1: yes. talk about what it means for Dan Hooker. So, And by the way, we'll do the reverse of this as time gets closer, but it is worth sort of assessing, BC. What if Dan Hooker goes in there and, A, has a great action fight and wins, or, B, just looks dominant, like the kind of Hooker that beat, let's say, a Gilbert Burns, again, that version anyway. Of Gilbert Burns, dude, would, would he skip the line? Would he get a title shot? Would they want to have a situation where you have Adesanya maybe with one, two belts possibly, and then another guy from that region plus Volkanovsky? I mean, can you imagine what it would mean for that gym, for that region? That would be, there's massive implications there for a guy like Dan Hooker.
0: Yeah, massive implications, and, and and anyone here who's ready to print you a CKB t-shirt, uh, I'm sorry, I'm with you. I, I think Adesanya is the, the 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 greatest thing since sliced bread. I think Dan Hooker's right behind him, even though he gets into a little bit le- uh, too willing to get into wars. Luke, does your CKB hard on go all the way down the roster to like Kai Kara France? I mean, how, where does your infatuation end with that club?
1: It's not that I think that they're the best club on earth. It's that I think that the guy who runs the club is one of the sharpest minds on earth. Audasanya is the very best version of what they have to offer, and then it goes down from there. But you know, do I have respect for Kaikara France? Yes. Yeah, so I think he's the best. Flyweight in the world? No, I don't think there's evidence to conclude that. But uh, I'm curious to see what Brad Riddell can do. I mean, he's one of the actually one of the more experienced and credentialed kickboxers in the entire UFC. So I'll be curious to see what he can do. Um, Shane Young, I think, is a is a good talent. Um, you know, but it's not that everyone there is out Adesanya. It's that the guy running it. I don't think people realize how smart he is. And if he lived in the United States and could just recruit from you know the the vast amount of people that were here. I honestly think he would be, if not the preeminent MMA coach, something pretty goddamn close to it.
0: You know what would be really fun? If we got Eugene Berriman and your brother, Matt Thomas, together, <laughs> we only used your brother to make those burgers with like the, 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 the steak inside of it and then maybe yeah. to... Maybe to maybe to pass around the peace pipe. And then we just picked Eugene's brainstem, right? That'd be, that'd be a fun night at the office. Luke. That
1: would be, that would be a fun night. Um, You know, my brother would not be good for the conversation. Uh, I I told you this crap crap brother, my brother graduated from uh, my brother got, I think his PhD in math and he graduated recently. Didn't tell us, didn't know. And actually was so good in his, he went to university of Virginia for all of his uh, schooling was so good he won some kind of award for like outstanding accomplishment in math and literally did not i had to find out about this from my dad my dad was like hey you know matt graduated got his blah blah blah, won this award and i was like i'm sorry when like oh yeah like two weeks ago i was like dude your dms never stood a chance with that guy
0: what what do you think would happen sooner? Matt Thomas respond to my DMs giving me dirt on you or Rob Thomas. Uh, it's not three AM because that but I'd be up pissing if it was, so he must be lonely watching this show. Wow.
1: What will happen first? The desert will be flooded or the Arctic will be full of sand. Um Yeah.
0: Well either way, Luke. <laughs> I don't um know. Hooker Chandler, uh fantastic fight, and if Hooker, uh, this might be the biggest win by a Hooker since the plotline to Pretty Woman. Right?
1: Heyo, cut it out, Dad. Uh, right. okay. okay, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, well, this is this qu- probably last be the closest. It probably last be the closest Hooker got to the UFC title since that time in Dana's office, right?
1: Hey, cut it out, baby! I got more.
0: I got more, bro. All right. Uh, goes, ro- last
1: question: What is better for the lightweight division for Michael Chandler to win or Dan Hooker? That's a tougher question to answer.
0: I don't think there's a there's a wrong result here right but i do think that to steal a term from okay upper bound limits is a luke thomas term dan hooker has a higher upper bound limit to win the ufc lightweight title i believe that michael chandler does but michael chandler has a much higher upper bound limit god that's so weird to use your terms uh to be a did, did you never star. take calculus to, uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm from a factory town. So did I sit in the class? Was there a listen, textbook? Yes. Listen. Like, okay. Jaime,
1: Jaime Escalante taught fucking calculus to all the boroughs in uh, South Central L.A. If they can learn calculus there, certainly you could learn calculus in Connecticut. No.
0: Yeah. Money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was from a very uh, armpit area of Connecticut, though. OK, like the grunt workers of the state holding it together. I don't I don't, uh, I, don't look- I
1: don't actually believe that, but OK.
0: Come with me. Come with me, okay? In fact, we'll, we'll bring the cameras. It'll be part two of our dongumentary. Uh, uh, Luke, what I was saying was, um, you know, damn it if I remember. No, Chandler's got a, a higher fe- ceiling as a B-side to a pay-per-view. True or false? Obviously, right? I mean, Chandler's an action star. He's good looking uh, really like y- there's, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true, yeah.
0: So that would make it if you want to do this question better for the UFC if Chandler won. Yeah. Because I mean, is Chandler Gaethje and Chandler Connor and Chandler Tony bigger fights than hooker in those spots. Yes. They're bigger fights, Luke. And that's the whole point of, of who's it better for.
1: I would say that uh, it's impossible to go wrong either way. I think you would probably agree. It doesn't really matter who wins. UFC is going to have a great situation on their hands. I do wonder like, on some level they probably want a balance they probably want a fair number of american champions that they can take around to american media outlets that the american media could get familiar with and on the other hand i bet that they also or english speaking certainly um if they're going to be international right so how many do we have that are local how many do we have that international because they want to be able to brag about both uh and does Hooker fit into those plans? Obviously, out of fits into those plans in a pretty major way. They're going to give the guy an opportunity to, to leapfrog the division and get a title shot in a division above his. Does Hooker meaningfully add to that? I tend to think that he might, but I don't know what the UFC has in mind. But it's always something to think about is what kind of balance do they want with elite championship-level fighters uh, between international and then homegrown and, and, and where they all fit in. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. All right, point number three here, BC. I do not know what the UFC has against Leon Edwards. So we all know that that fight is off. We talked about it on Monday, the Leon Edwards fight with Kamzat Shemaev, who apparently is now boys with Ramzan Kadyrov, which is a whole other story. But uh, we Is know it it's really, be...
0: though, Luke, or can we separate the uh, art from the artist and let people I mean, be friends or vote for whoever they want, Luke, okay? Here, right? here's, the, here's the thing
1: on that. This is what MMA fans love, right? They love the ambiguity enough to give exoneration. <laughs> They never love ambiguity for anything other than exoneration. And not just MMA fans, I should say the MMA community in general, right? Because there's media guys who do the exact same thing, which is to say, do we really know if Ramzan Kadyrov uh, is actually boys with the people that he forces to have dinner with him or asks to have dinner with him? Are they like-minded folks or are they just doing it because they don't want to die? And no one really ever knows the answer to those kinds of things. It's very, very hard to tell. I suspect a fair number of them. Don't actually want to do it, but because they live in this gray, this moral gray where it's like, well, we don't know, but they're probably doing it on some level for self-preservation, but maybe not. Oh, well, you know what? Let's just decide that that means that they're probably doing it just for self-preservation rather than coming to any other conclusion about their moral culpability here. And I don't know why that's the default. I don't know why we always have to say, well, because it's plausible that they just want to do this for self-preservation. It must mean, therefore, they're doing it for self-preservation. We actually don't know that either. And I don't know why the reflex is the one that's more charitable, but okay. I
0: think to the extent that, again, another Luke Thomas forced phrase, uh, people are just upset that you put qualifiers upon your MMA analysis. You'll be like... Hey hansen rising prospect in good god shitty conspiracy dms or something you know like no it's like no is she a rising prospect or not luke i don't want to hear who she voted for i mean look i do that
1: i do that on my breakdowns i don't really get into any other stuff on my breakdowns but on these shows that are about the wider perspective of sports it's fucking malpractice to not mention it every time all the time no but enough that it matters yes
0: Okay, Luke. People
1: have Uh, and also those people can suck my balls. I mean, let's just be real about it. They don't know what they're talking about.
0: Wow, wow, Luke. You know, some people have friends (laughs) in low places. You know.
1: (laughs) By the way, you mentioned uh, Adesanya jacking off with that champagne thing that you showed on Monday. Remember, I was talking about the dude, the white dude in the back who had uh, Adesanya's belt and was like cheering him on. As as that dude DM'd me. Did I tell you that?
0: No, no. I love this story.
1: (laughs) Here, he DM'd me the other day. Uh, who showed him the, the video? I don't know. I don't know. How he, he didn't tell me how he got wind of it. But here's what he wrote me. I thought this was actually pretty funny. His name is Joey. I don't know what his last name is. He goes, "Let's be honest, bruv. If you watched Izzy jack off, you'd be hyped too." Smiling emoji, laughing emoji, water shooting emoji.
0: You know, sadly, Luke, I I bet a, a dissected video would follow that that experience. Yes, yes, I do. C- yes, can I say he's
1: wrong, BC? I cannot uh, say he's
0: wrong. Uh, look, you know, you, again, you can't pick who you love, right? I mean, did I did I wake up one day and say I'm going to be the biggest advocate for Kevin Lee one day winning a UFC title? I didn't plan it, Luke, okay? Uh, it you know, He planned that head tat. I didn't plan this, but I, I, I'm going to go down with that ship if I have to because, you know, he's got that talent. I'm a big Ioana fan trying to stay away from the IG. Uh, hopefully one day in 2021 you and her can do it. Uh, you know, Luke, how mad would you be? If I, like, because you think I, Osama bin sabotage you constantly, okay? How mad would you be if I was like, hey, Luke, uh, just guess what? I just secured a big-ass interview, and you were like, oh, who? And I'm like, uh, Dan Hooker. I got Dan Hooker on Thursday, 3 o'clock. You want to join me on this street? You're like, yeah, brother, yeah. And then we get on, and you're already go there. I'm like, Luke, so sorry. Uh, Dan couldn't make it. But good news, I got Joanna Here she is. Bam. How mad would you be?
1: I'd be mad, not less because, one, I don't have anything to say to her, and two, why would you be dishonest with me? Why couldn't you just be honest and be like, yo, we should do a Yoanna interview together? You know what I mean? Like, pitch me on it if you want me to do it. Like, just be a man about it.
0: Oh, wow, wow. Be a man, Hogan. Okay, all right, all right. I'm down with
1: that. I'm I'm 40. I'm a man. Come at me.
0: Yeah. You understand? Thank you. Mike Gundy, thank you. All right. Uh, uh, I would okay. never trap you like that. Luke, and all of my bits are, are all good-natured, okay? Please tell yeah. that to JMMA. They're all good-natured, okay?
1: Please. Yeah, exactly. I, that's uh, that's why I like them. I mean, you know, either we'll do things or we won't, but we're honest about what we're doing here. All right. So Leon Edwards, is obviously, his fight with Kamza Chimaya has been replaced by Magni versus Kiesa. We talked about the latter of those two fights. One's a theoretical, one's going to happen. And how much we liked it, and sort of broke it down. But Leon Edwards, BC, said something kind of interesting, which is that, quote, I offered to fight Neil or Kiesa in the main event January 20th and Chamiya straight after, but the UFC decided against it. Edwards said this on an Instagram post. Why would the UFC decide against it?
0: The lack of context here makes it too easy to continue the narrative that Leon Edwards can never get ahead. Why does UFC hate him? You know, is this? Just- given name loretta Han edwards like what the hell's going on here sorry brian campbell edwards what the hell's going on here um but i think that we need to know the full context did they turn it down because they love the the hamzat shemaev fight even more do they look at shemaev as their next big giant big thing and they think going through leon edwards with an eight fight win streak is the best way to legitimize that guy while getting rid of a fighter they don't want to market? could be it also could be they're thinking you know we do want to make mazvidal covington this spring but if we can't make it we might as well do Masvidal Edwards before Edwards stops being a thing. They did have that backstage fight over the, uh, the three-piece. So uh, maybe it's good news like that, Luke, and maybe it's not like, nope, F you, right?
1: Uh, yeah, the lack of context. We don't have the UFC side of things. My get, Here's my best guess on this, BC, and it's just that a guess, is that because Chimaev is out, not because he tore an ACL or, or whatever, but because it's covid And they can usually get a quick turnaround again to get them back into action once they've had COVID. Not all the time, but there tends to be a fairly quick-ish rebooking process when one of the competitors gets COVID. My thought is they still want to hold on to it for the reasons that they made it because there's going to be a quick turnaround. Now, I don't know if that's actually accurate, if they're going to do it when that's going to be. Here's what I would say. If that is the reason, right, they still like to fight, they can make it in reasonably short order, let's keep things as they are, okay, I understand that, but one, I think Edwards should be financially compensated to at least some degree. And then two, if that falls out for any reason, unrelated to anything due to Edwards, they have got at that point to put him on a card, frankly, against almost anyone at that point. You can't keep the claim. This guy hasn't fought since, what, July of 2019? In many ways, by no fault of his own, um which we've been over a million times i just think if you're going to keep delaying him and you have the best reason is that it's just a very minor delay in the grand scheme of things okay but if that falls through at that point all bets are off you got to take care of the guy i think that's pretty reasonable
0: you could argue uh, you know, I'm not in the business of protecting the UFC's interest, that if they didn't care about him, they would let him fight in this main event at 9 a.m. Eastern on a Wednesday morning against a difficult style matchup in either guy and just hope that he loses quietly, right? So may, you'd have to believe that there's better news coming, Luke.
1: You would imagine. You would imagine that they're trying to roll all that out. Dana White did a Q&A yesterday talking about how Francis versus Stipe 2 is tentatively set. Um, for April. He also sort of hinted about some other fights that they were working on. So we'll see. I mean, there's no way to really to, to, to know this. We're just dealing with too little amount of information. But I just feel like it's like, dude, at some point you got to get the guy back in there. You just, you just, just make it happen. Yeah, um, yes. Okay. Uh, one of the things that we know is now rebooked is UFC 258, February 13th. Kamara Usman taking on Gilbert Burns. Okay. BC, true or false? It is much better for the welterweight division and the potential matchups that it sets up for Kamaru Usman to retain his title on the 13th of February.
0: Uh, Much better. I mean, maybe because he had such a great fight with Covington and there's a built-in war there and, you know, he beat Masvidal and on short notice circumstances, what if they did a full camp? Maybe there's better stories to tell and they've already invested enough in Usman and he's, you know, lived up to expectations each time they've made a larger investment. Yeah. Business wise, probably a little bit, uh, a little bit better for them, but He's not a giant, massive star, and I'm really interested in Gilbert Burns's chances in this fight. Uh, God, this is going to be a great fight, Luke. This calendar year is going to be freaking insane in the UFC. I mean, every two weeks we got a great fight. Sometimes we got really big fights. Sometimes we got really big fights that are also great fights. This is just a great ass fight. I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad Burns didn't lose a spot in the line. Um, yeah, pr- better, better for Usman, dude. Um, Usman. It's funny. We did, you know. The, the typical predictions that you hate also of, you know, who's going to close the year as champion. Even though this fight's really hard, and you can make many a case for Gilbert Burns to win it, and I may end up making that case when the time comes, um, I feel more confident about Usman ending the year as champion in his division than I do most other champions. So this guy's rising. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I think that little tease we saw of the wrinkles he added with Trevor Whitman for that Masvidal fight, it's only going to get better.
1: I mean, let's just sort of go through the matchups. So let's say Usman wins. And again, in a way that's not controversial, whatever that means. The rightful winner was Usman. He gets his hand raised. Okay. Now what do you have? You have Usman versus Colby too, that you could do. You have Usman versus Jorge too. I don't think you could go right to it, but you could, it's, it's, it's certainly somewhere down there in play, right? Those would be your top two choices at that point. If Gilbert wins, you have a fresh set of matchups at that point because you could do Gilbert versus Colby. You could do Gilbert versus Jorge. You could do Gilbert versus Kamaru too if you wanted there to be some kind of a rematch at that point. Let me pull up the rankings to see what else is up there.
0: You could you know, even you're, do- forgetting, you're forgetting the idea that if Hamzat Shemaev beats Leon Edwards and does so in the fashion that he has been doing, you're not going to keep him out of a title fight in 2021, Luke. You're not going to do it. You're not You, you personally, you're not going to do it.
1: That's probably true, because Leon Edwards is currently sitting at 3, but you have Wonderboy at 5. And from there, no one's really in title contention, because 6 is Woodley, 7, Maya, 8, Chiesa. We'll see what happens with him and Magny sitting at 9, and Vicente Luque at 10. But still, uh, those guys are still uh, you know, they're fresh, uh, rising contenders, but they're not uh, in, in title contention just yet. Still, I feel like you get brand-new, fresher matchups with Gilbert, but I think you get more lucrative fights... By doing it with Kumaru, like of all, the, of all the permutations I mentioned, BC, what fight from a commercial standpoint, and I'm not saying it's a blockbuster, but what fight is bigger than Kumaru versus Colby 2?
0: Kumaru versus Jorge 2.
1: Oh, sorry. What am I saying? Colby versus Jorge, but that's not for the title. I'm talking about if Gilbert wins or Kumaru wins, right? So one of them has to be in it. What is a bigger fight?
0: For Camaro, if, if is that I mean, no 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 you're,
1: you're, for like from like a pay per view uh, standpoint, which one is a bigger main event than that? Jorge, Jorge too. Okay, yes, but I mean he just lost. You can't go right. right He's got to
0: come it. back and beat somebody, which which is kind of why maybe they should throw Leon Edwards at him and just cash that in. I'm not saying that's an easy fight for Jorge. Mm. I'm saying there's a built in storyline. We have to see it. If Jorge wins. Dude, you're, you're back to banging that drum to, to get him back into there. You know what I'm saying? We're Sorry, we're back to doing that, all right? Yeah, man.
1: Do you want to see the UFC make Jorge versus Colby independent of any kind of title?
0: Yeah, I would love that fight. I would love that fight, but I don't think they have to force that. And, but when I say force, I mean you want both of those guys to potentially be Kamaru Usman's B-sides in 2021 after the Gilbert fight. If Kamaru's going to fight three times this year, you kind of want the second to be against Colby, the third against Jorge, right? So uh, I don't know if you have to have them against each other right away. Now, typically UFC matchmaking, they will fight each other because they always tend to circle around and make the best fight the best. But if you were trying to keep both of their brands alive, there are competitors in this sphere from Stephen Thompson to Leon Edwards that you can match people up against.
1: Sure. You're right. It'd be interesting what happens with Kamzat Chamayev, dude. If he goes in there and beats the brakes off Edwards, which... You know, I'm not declaring to you as uh, likely or inevitable, I, I don't know, but let's say he does. Dude, for sure he's getting a title shot after that. Edwards is sitting at three. Your, your top contenders are Kamaru, who's unranked. One is Colby, two is, is uh, Gilbert. Would they bypass Colby to give Chemayev a title shot? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely would do that, right? I mean, is there any doubt
0: in your mind they would do that? no they would do that i'm more interested if we can get a uh loser leaves town final four bracket going with uh lawler woodley two on one side matt brown and condit on the other winners face off all losers retire you into that
1: you're you're a bad person you're a bad person um Yes, is the answer. I'm into that. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Last but Same not decision least. Same
0: decision-making I make in front of the rollers at Cumberland Farms. You know, like, nope, nope, can't, nope, won't do it yet. Yep, I'll take three of them. Thank so, you, like, you know
1: what? Much. I'll just have, the, just give me the fucking store. I'm going to buy the store. Yeah. All right. <laughs> last but not least, I didn't think much of this. People seem to think that there's a whole lot to this. I don't. But, okay, maybe your mileage will vary. Dana White was, you know, characteristically... Going after people in his comments because somebody had written through some, you know, you know, um, clown penis dot you know, seven, eight, nine, three, four on Instagram wrote that they could not wait to pirate uh, UFC 257 to which Dana responded. Can't wait. Uh, excuse me. The Dana responded with and I can't wait to catch you. I have a guy. Got- I'm going to translate the English here. I have a surprise. For you motherfuckers this year. BC, what is his surprise?
0: Well, I was thinking there's a few different things. One could be a four-minute hit job video showing all of their faces, Luke, right? To just say, like, all these people tried to come against my business. Uh, uh, Two, I don't know. um, If anyone's going to lead the charge on figuring out how to try to, in any form, stop piracy, which seems like a—it seems as— Losing of a battle as trying to stop uh, performance-enhancing drugs, right? Your whole drug testing debate. its it, To me, it's one and the same. It's, I feel like the hmm, the abusers are going to be ahead of the people trying to shut them down, uh, you know, from as easy as just taking a, like, periscope and putting it to your TV and people watching it. I mean, look, people are going to find it on the damn dark web. But if anyone's going to be ahead of the game at putting, doling out some serious fines and or arrests and really spending the money to police it. It's obviously Dana White and company. So it's interested to see how far they will attempt to go. Um, I don't think he just does a veiled threat there without some plan in place. Uh, Interesting. DAZN is now shutting down anyone, Luke, who put out any form of video on Twitter from the Ryan Garcia, uh, not only the knockout and the win, but they banned my video of Kate Abdo making that sperm joke. In fact, my Twitter account was shut down for a few hours the other day because uh, the Zone Slash Perform Group went after me. Um, so maybe that maybe Dana has new weapons in his arsenal to try to stop this. Or, uh, you know, maybe he's got a new reality show. Dana White uh, found a fight where him, Matt, Sarah, and Dean Thomas knock on the doors of all the people who were caught in piracy and maybe they beat their ass right there or, or, yeah. or bring them to a the top of a cliff and take their shirt off and refuse to jump. Either or, Luke, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, people were asking me, I had people emailing me, like, oh, is this one of those new pieces of legislation that passed with the stimulus bill? where if you guys have been paying attention, it made uh, uh, illegal streaming in certain cases uh, a potential felony, 10 years in prison, a whole lot of stuff could go wrong for you. But if you actually read the legislation there, it's designed for people who are actually broadcasting the streams, not for individual users who might be consuming it. Uh, people calling me in the middle of my show. So um, so no, I, I don't think it has anything to do with them. Are there better tools now to detect piracy than there used to be on various forms of social media or the web? I'm sure that is the answer. But this is, brings up a bigger question to me, BC. And let me see what you think about this. You mentioned the doping debate, which is kind of funny because I actually have views. I didn't I didn't really connect them in this way, but now that you mentioned it, I think I should. Where is there some level of piracy that's, if not good, you should just leave alone? Let me make the case for just a second. I'm not sure that the answer is yes. in, it might just be yes by virtue of just the way the world works. But here's how I think about it. If everybody pirated, that would just be totally untenable, right? I mean, there's no way a business could survive, and it would just be, you know, mass illegal behavior it would just not be right, right? So that's not okay. On the other hand, what if there was zero piracy? I mean, absolutely not one person able to get something that they did not pay for. To me, you'd be excluding probably a lot of fans because we know... Uh, not, not a lot of fans, but a enough of a portion of a fan base where it's very expensive to be a fan from enjoying your content. Which is to say, is there a small but relevant uh, segment of fans where the extra mile you have to go to police them is A, expensive for your business. B, even if you caught them all, you wouldn't meaningfully change your business fortunes. And C, they're still fans and they get to enjoy your product. Yes, it's illegal. Yes, this is not a thing you would want to extend beyond a very small and manageable group. But in that narrow scope, is piracy okay?
0: No, I don't think it is. Bullshit. I get the point you're yes, trying it to is. Make. Bullshit. I mean, you know. Okay, so so you saying if I got a if I got a fast food restaurant and I and I know people are stealing some of the items, but hey, it's good. At least they'll eat it and tell their friends it's good and come back and buy it again. I don't see where that's a plus. If you want to make the argument against cracking down, you're going to on-
1: make the comparison between one brick and mortar fast food restaurant, yes, and the yes entirety of the worldwide web. The only
0: comparison I understand, based on my life experiences. <laughs> Uh, I'll say that if you were trying to say that, like stop policing the highlights of a big knockout afterwards, like let the whole world put mm. out the gifts on the internet because that's the best advertising for someone to come back to your product. I get that argument. I don't necessarily get yours. And if I really had to take all the jokes aside and really look at this, what Dana and company are probably going to do is they he probably got off. Right, Dana. Well, yeah. Dana probably got his rocks off on that four-minute video. He certainly did, trashing the media, trashing me, uh, trashing a lot of people. And why do you have to go victory lap on our buddy Josh Gross? Leave the guy alone already. All right. Um, and I think that he's probably like, oh, I'll do the same now to the Pirates. Not, uh, not I'll put out a video of them, but let's spend money and and grab a few of them and pursue them to the full damn extent of the law and then publicize the arrest. So as to make a major warning to everyone else that if you pirate us, you know, I'll come after you. I'll put you on the screen. I'll put your life history on the screen. Maybe he'll do that a few times. Luke, I can't, I don't. I mean, what's the argument that that you know, thir- losing thirty percent of your potential business is is good? How, how is that a good argument? Luke?
1: Because I don't think they're losing thirty percent of your potential business. I'm not talking about losing. I mean, if dude, if you were talking about losing three out of every ten viewers, yeah, of course that's untenable. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, no, no. I would never advocate for such a thing. I don't know exactly what the number is. I suspect it's single digits, right? The question is, it's always about this. It's, it's, For example, if you have a crime in your neighborhood, right? So if you have police in your neighborhood, crime goes down, you live there 10 years, you never have a break-in, no one ever steals anything from your porch, um, whatever the case. You live, your kids can walk to school, right? This is a pretty safe way to live. Now, Is all crime eliminated from that neighborhood? No. And so what would it take to eliminate all crime from that neighborhood, literally every form of crime? It would take the the amount of extra effort to get that extra benefit would be onerous, there'd be constitutional rights concerns, could a city even afford that extra? What I'm pointing out is, at that point, it's just not worth going to that extra mile. My thought is, there is probably a segment for very savvy internet users to avoid detection a very small small group who can get the ufc product for free become fans still spread the word and gospel contribute financially in other ways buy tickets to shows blah 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 whatever they may do where they're not hurting the ufc business in any kind of meaningful way it's not a meaningfully sized group and the extra effort it would take for the ufc to police them it's just not really worth it. You're still making all the money that you basically would otherwise make. I think that's my argument for that very, 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 very narrow subset of piracy.
0: I can't tell if you just tried to make a case for the gentrification of uh, MMA pay-per-view <laughs> piracy or not. I'm not that educated, so I can't tell. But I think that was probably a great point, Luke.
1: At some point, I just feel like, you know, and I'm not saying we're there. I, I don't know enough to say we are, but my, my feeling is on some level... Leaving well enough alone is probably better than just trying to like I'm gonna fucking slash and burn the entire internet on my way to get something. It's like some piracy probably is not that big a deal. That's all I'm saying. Uh, All right, BC. We were gonna do some predictions for 2021. We should have done them on Monday, but we don't plan these shows very effectively. So we're going to do it today on Wednesday. Big prediction.
0: One one big prediction for 2021 in combat sports. One
1: big prediction for MMA for 2021, BC. Give me your big prediction.
0: Oh, luckily I picked MMA. I didn't know it was MMA only. Uh, Luke, here's my big prediction. I think you could make a strong case uh, in terms of trying to forecast who's going to have the best year, who could potentially be your fighter of the year. Adesanya's in play with the chance to become a champ champ and maybe get closer to a John Jones super fight. Obviously, Conor McGregor's in play if he comes back and beats Poirier and can win the UFC lightweight title. But how about this? How about this bold prediction? We're going to have a different champ champ to close 2021. And I've seen her Instagram page. It's Valentina Shevchenko. Mm. What about this, Luke? What if she faces the only remaining really difficult potential challenge in her division to open the year against former strawweight champ Jessica Andraj? What if she wins that? And what if she gets that trilogy bout with Amanda Nunes? Because. Both are going to be out of, you know, I mean, Amanda Nunes is already out of opponents. Right. And, you know, Valentina's maybe got one big name left. So if you put them together for a third fight and you do it at 135 pounds, I just feel like we've already seen the best of Amanda. But yet Valentina is still kind of getting better. And I think this whole turn, considering before she moved down to flyweight, she came as close as you can possibly come to beating the the greatest of all time in Amanda Nunes in a great five-round tactical fight that really was a coin flip. First fight, also close at UFC 196. Valentina came on a little bit too late, had a huge third round, would have benefited from championship rounds there. What if they did it again? And I'm just not seeing the same... Amanda who's been challenged and who has destroyed people and who spent more time at 45 lately who would have to cut down to 35 for this big one yet we've seen Valentina go down to flyweight become an absolute destroyer Luke as a weight? Because of her size differential, she had to be a counterpunching machine. She had to be strategic. She had to outpoint Holly Holm over five rounds. Right? She had to really be like that. At flyweight, she's learned more how to be in her natural weight and be a destroyer. If she's a little bit more offensive, think how close she came in that second fight against Amanda. I like her chances in a third fight. I think she can win this Bantamweight title. I think she can also. With that win, have a hipster argument. Won't have the same resume as Amanda, but have a hipster argument for being the greatest of all time in this short season that women's MMA has been at the highest level. This is, there's a lot of potential here for Valentina to have a monstrous year and not just be stuck in monotonous title defenses every quarter against whoever is next in line.
1: Hmm, That's interesting. <coughs> I'll say this, B.C., I would be very surprised if we get through twenty twenty one. Now, this is assuming that they remain active, uh, and both John Jones and Amanda Nunes win all their fights. Um, I'd be very surprised. And you are always like, "Oh, who would beat them?" Well, in Jones's case, I mean, I, I think he has some pretty reasonable threats. I don't think it's crazy to say that you know those guys, uh, Francis or Stipe, whoever, are genuine threats to, to beat him. And uh, you know whether you think he's going to win or not, but it's all. I, I, this is a lesson I've learned in MMA. It's like. The best, the very best, eventually collapse in ways that when you wrote their collapse in your mind, it never looked that way. It was much more sudden and it was much more authoritative than you ever imagined. Even GSP beating Johnny Hendrix, for example, like I didn't think he did. I thought Hendrix won that. I thought Hendrix won that pretty cleanly. And, you know, he walked out of that cage, you know, barely uh, on his feet. It was more on his hands and his knees, certainly metaphorically, but more to the point, like, you know, did I see him losing to Matt Serra? Never, never in a million years. Or pick anything. You know, Ronda Rousey losing to Holly Holm. It makes sense in hindsight, but certainly going into that fight, there was no, there was hardly anybody who thought you know Holly Holm had a shot. you could pick any really uh, upset, um, Chris Weidman over Anderson Silva, or you name it. These things. Even come. Robbie Lawler
0: getting knocked out by Woodley. I was like, what? You know, exactly. like that was. That was
1: and it happens suddenly, and it happens in ways you never expect, and it happens, you know, where like there's no question about it. And so, to me, it's like John Jones is approaching, not quite there. He's still in his early 30s, but he's going to get close to his mid 30s as the year as the year uh, progresses. I think it'll be 34 this year. I have to double check that. Um, I, I think that his defense is tremendous, but I think his offense is not nearly what it once was. In the case of Amanda Nunes, she is so far ahead of her competitors, but you know, can she maintain? Um, the level of enthusiasm she needs to stay on top. I thought, oh, thought Duran me was giving her problems that oh, Amanda's well roundedness saved her. But how many times can you pull that rabbit out of that hat? You know, she's got money now. She's got a kid now. Again, are these declarations to you that I can pick the day that it's going to happen? No. But I just feel like there's enough reason to think that that dominance, it's so hard to maintain. This might be the year that some of that begins to unravel.
0: Interesting. It's interesting. Although I liked everything you said, except for the John Jones losing at heavyweight. Look, I mean, gonna...
1: I don't I mean, he, even if he wins his first one, and becomes champion, right? So let's say he beats Stepe. Stepe wins and he beats Stipe or something. No, I
0: get your point. Francis can beat anybody at any time. And also, right. you know, time will catch up. You can't, you can't be perfect for so long. Right. And John has who, been who, who is
1: a boxer that you just revered as a fan, not, a, not as a media guy, but as a fan. And when their collapse came, it shocked you.
0: Roy Jones Jr. is the greatest example of this because it, it, he fell off a cliff, right? It was it was the the knockout loss to Tarver in the rematch where you're like, oh my God. But there were factors, right? The weight cut coming back down from heavyweight, not as motivated, blah, blah, blah. But then when he fought Glenn Johnson and got hammered, you're like, uh, hes he might be done. And then he fought Tarver a third time and was just sluggish and not into it. Yeah, that was just like, I, I can't believe that happened. And it was over like that. And, yeah, he lingered for another 20 years, but you get you get my point. I mean, it right. was over, right?
1: Right. Uh, all right, so for my big prediction, I'm going to say this, and I wrote this on CBS Sports as well, but I think it's worth repeating here. You know, I'm saying this in a very speculative way, but I just feel like the stars are aligning a little bit, where I'm going to say that 2021 is going to be Bellator's best year since 2015. Now, why would I say it on those terms? Well, 2014 was the first year that Scott Coker took over, but if you recall, he took over, I think, late in that year from Bjorn Rebney. It was not his first full year. 2015 was the first full year that Scott Coker had in terms of control of Bellator, and that was the year where they began to roll out Bellator kickboxing, which I think had some success overseas. But again, I don't, I don't really know how much of a product there is for kickboxing outside of what you know goes on in, in parts of Southeast Asia and uh, in Europe, and. But more to the point they had the dynamite event where they were sort of borrowing from the japanese uh, side of things they had foster relationships with some of the japanese promotions to have kind of a talent sharing agreement it was a big bold resetting of the bellator brand and some of that in fact a lot of it i don't think didn't work because it felt a little dated like you were trying to bring back stuff that it wasn't necessarily a time honored practice it was a practice that worked at a certain point in time but I have to say, if you're looking around now, it does feel a little bit different. There's been a lot of turnover in their roster, both coming and going. But they've got a lot of interesting pieces. They've got a lot of youth happening across many divisions. We talked about Logan Storley uh, and, um, not Askarov, but um, Nemkov, and their incredible bout. Joey Davis and Antonio, excuse me, AJ McKee. And you can go on through the roster. They're really developing the women's side of the game. And we saw that with even Elaine McFarlane's last fight, which she lost. But still, sort of beginning to show the development that they have been process. Plus... We talk about all of their signings where you where you have uh, you know Anthony Rumble Johnson and Yoel Romero and blah blah blah. I mean so many different pieces. Plus, even I think they have a claim to have the best light heavyweight on earth as well. Like they've got this ground-up top-down thing that is really beginning to 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 mature to something to a much more stable, recognizable product. Then on top of that, you add what I think is going to be Viacom really kind of leaning into it. Now, what that's going to look like. I don't exactly know. I don't know if they're going to end up on Showtime. I don't know if they're going to end up on CBS. I don't know exactly if they're going to move off Thursdays on CBS Sports and go to Saturdays. But I just feel like with all of the investments and development that they have had um, and seeing what that looks like, and UFC going back to ABC, I have a hunch that I don't know when, I don't know what it's going to look like, BC, but I have a feeling you're going to see a Bellator show on a bigger kind of broadcast, let's call it situation situation, than you did previously. The zone was interesting because it gave them some money, but I, I they never that, that relationship never really matured. I tend to think that sticking with just the Viacom CBS side of things is probably going to be better for their overall um, visibility when they have something worth really sharing with the product. They, they, they're not going to look to play the old Japanese-style playbook. They're going to play a modern game with a modern, updated roster full of young guns, full of some recognizable names. I don't know, man. I got a feeling that like I don't know how successful it's going to be, but I feel like this is going to be the first year in a while where Bellator really has a bunch of interesting things going on, aside from the tournament, I mean from a visibility standpoint.
0: Yeah, I think it's right. I think if you're Scott Coker, you have more diverse tools and toys to play with in this moment than just like old name over here, hoping this young guy works out. I mean, the fact that, you know, arguably the face of their franchise, historically, Michael Chandler, they, they kind of let him walk. The fact that they were able to do that, And not really miss a beat and look and say, you know, we've got different and and, and for our circumstances, better guys to invest in, you know, when you when you consider someone's marketability with their ability inside the cage. Um, It's an interesting time for sure to to be, you know, uh, in the spot they are looking to carve out their own niche in the in the greater sphere of things, MMA these were big gets the from Romero to Rumble. Right. And and those aren't even the, really the core reasons if you're Bellator to be excited. I mean, uh, but I think the success of the Grand Prix of late have shown that it can be a more fun one, like the heavyweight one, which is about names, or you can do like they're doing right now with the featherweight one where you're seeing some of the best in the world at that weight class uh, take place. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Me wearing this fantastic long sleeve black T-shirt, notwithstanding our relationship with the promotion due to our uh, parent company notwithstanding, uh, I think we obviously can put that aside and just say uh, things are looking up heading into 2021. it would be fun to see what happens.
1: Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still going to be plenty of Bellator slander here on the show. It's just I do think that what they've lined up is they're they're poised for something big. They're poised for something big. Now, who's that with? What's it going to look like? Hell, your guess is as good as mine on that one. I just don't know. But – with all the talent they've signed, with all the talent they're developing, Rich Chow's done a really good job. I, I'm I'm expecting, you know, there, there was a lot of Bellator shows that felt like were good last year, but that maybe folks just, it, it, you know... It just happened. It was just a bu- the bus going by. It was nothing, anything in particular. I think they're going to do a little bit more of the dressing up of the content in 2021. So we'll see what that looks well, like. The, the
0: timing makes sense because, you know, we're seeing UFC cuts at a at a fairly rapid rate and they're coming from, you know, fairly big name people. And look, you can understand why a Yoel Romero would get cut giving age and, and, and what have you. It was surprising, but I guess in theory you can understand it. But, you know, can Bellator become... Not just a viable free agent landing for guys who are still in their prime, but, you know, a destination because of some of the limitations that we've talked about, you know, Reebok deal, stuff like that. And, and just sort of the way you're tra- – I mean, like, look, uh, you know, I'm not a fighter. I don't know if it's better to be in the UFC or Bellator. I do know that Scott Coker doesn't trash his fighters publicly, right? So, you know, there's certain guys that are looking for more of a family experience, Luke, and, and more of a, you know, a different style of treatment, and uh, it's certainly out there for them.
1: All right. Well, with that in mind, BC, it's time for uh, the readers, the, the, readers the, the viewers, the listeners, to give back. It's time for fan submissions, is it not?
0: Yeah, please. Uh, We've got mail, Luke. All right. Let's play the animation, animalization of this animation. All right, Luke. We know it's morningcombat at gmail.com is the landing spot. You can also slide into my DMs. Sean K going to kick off our fan submission of the week. He's saying, look, Luke, we're going to we're going to start this off with a bang and all you international girlfriends take note this is from Sean K my fiance Jennifer O'Neill is a very casual MMA fan but every Monday night here in Dublin we sit on the couch and watch have you seen this shit she absolutely loves it and thinks it's hilarious without me knowing she took note of your merchandise info and on Christmas morning I opened up a present to find this epic jumper here jumper what kind of UK talk is that she even had to set if up a Irish
1: p- if he's Irish wait. wait, wait if- If he's Irish, it's not the UK, but okay. Uh,
0: Maybe he's Northern Ireland. No, he's from Dublin. All right. Uh, She even had to set up a P.O. box in America to get it shipped from there to Dublin, Ireland. You're right. Not part of the UK. Uh, Send your uh, dead wrong stuff to me. Uh, Shout out here to Sean Kay, uh, his lovely, his lovely fiance, Jennifer O'Neill. She also added. BC looks like a great guy. Huge hog. Uh, credit to his community. Wow. wow. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, Luke. But, uh, you know, I will say um, he circumvented the system, and he looks great for it. He looks fantastic in that jumper, okay? I He, I circumc- wish would. he
1: circumcised the situation. It looks great. Yes
0: yes i wish you would step back from that ledge my friend okay uh luke moving on oh we need to uh, mikey here says we need to give jennifer o'neill a huge shout out because not only does she pretend to enjoy our show to make her fiance happy she's also a frontline worker who had to postpone her wedding this year so big shouts out to jennifer there all right
1: thanks to all those folks yeah
0: Absolutely. No no jokes there. Uh Bob M is next, Luke. He says, "What's up guys? The name is Bob and I got some cool stuff including a Morning Combat t-shirt. And also, my older brother forgot my gift, so he gave me his bag of goods. You guys are the best, tip to tip forever." Is that is, a bag is of his... is that a
1: bag of weed?
0: Oh, that's what he's referencing. Okay, so for anyone who can't see this, there's a Pantera t-shirt, a Cannibal Corpse t-shirt, a Morning Combat t-shirt, And about an eighth of an ounce, Luke. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's that's enough to get us high as shit.
0: Yes, yes it is. The Room service diaries have never been better after hanging out with uh, Bob M., I'll tell you that much. Uh, Luke, what do you think of his choice of uh, paraphernalia here?
1: I mean, it looks like my closet, to be quite honest with you. Weed and all. Uh, This is great. This is great. I love it.
0: All right, all right. Our next submission does not have a name. It's anonymously delivered. It says, this guy didn't leave us a name, but he said, I ordered a bathroom for work, and look what we got. If you zoom in, it says, welcome donks to the MK throne.
1: Oh, Whoa! that is amazing. We
0: made it, Luke. We made it. Yes.
1: Dude, on the <laughs> right- inside of a porta john is where our Constitution will be written.
0: Wow, wow. Do you think... This is a setup, though? The guy who, who sent, sent it in also wrote it? Or do you think this is like a random, you know, circumstance?
1: I think it's probably uh, the guy wrote it, but it doesn't matter because now everyone else has to see it, so who cares?
0: Yeah, everyone else has to try to sit on the MK throne, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's not easy up here, okay? Dude, it's you easy. ever looked
1: at a porta john You ever been to like a, like a summer concert, and then you're like, damn, I gotta pee. <laughs> and then you go in there, and you look down at the Civil uh... War bandages that get thrown down there. Dude, there's blood and piss and like just stacks of shit. You just can't believe what comes out of people, those things.
0: Yeah, I want, I once went to Bonnaroo, Luke, in 2005, <laughs> and uh, I, I took a crap the first day, and I don't know, 104-degree weather as you're just, just dripping and the smells are just... I held that thing for the next six days, Luke. I, I couldn't do it. That's, that's That was the worst. It, that was... Oh, God, that was bad. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Great, great cons, great show though, right? Great
1: show. Hemorrhoid blood, all kinds of stuff.
0: Whew. All right. Hey, Connor F is next, and he says I would have sent a picture of me with some merch, but I don't know the <laughs> cheat code to unlock it in Ireland. So Luke, he sent in this nice. Uh, uh, excuse me, I got something in my eye. Uh, this nice shut the f up J meme, of course from uh, what the hell is that movie? It's, it's Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. There you go. Thank you. Um, is that me as the dude right there? That's fantastic.
1: You are the dude. You are Jeff not Jeff Daniels. It's um what's his name?
0: Uh, the, Jeff, uh yeah, Jeff, Bridges? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges, yeah. And yeah. uh and Luke of course as uh big John Goodman there, uh uh yeah okay great all right uh moving on here luke we got two of them from a guy named dave e whose handle is at the daves underscore six 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 so he's certainly a man after your own barren soul and Dave E says on the first one luke (laughs) here's (laughs) uh is the lost christmas card that went with luke's amazing christmas gift this is fantastic luke
1: dong a parental advisory dongs galore and so this is so, someone's dong hitting me in the face, and this is the picture I had when I had nose no surgery about a year ago.
0: It's Dana's uh, dong, if you look close. That's Dana in the background. And you're the tip of the spear? I'm the tip of Dana's dong? Are we really dissecting? This is really our job. We're dissecting this. this is, dude, CBS,
1: vol- CBS Sports pays us to look at dicks that you're on.
0: Yeah, so I guess I you know, Dana has bludgeoned your nose with the tip of his dong, which looks a lot like me, Luke. So that's a vulgar display of combat indeed. Uh Dave comes back with a second one. He says, "This second one is a meme Brian texted me but didn't want Luke to see." <laughs> I I put the live chat
1: off of my own channel and I put it on the MK channel. Y'all can y'all can just absolutely l my bees if you know what I i'm saying
0: that's great work dave by the way uh i think that that was supposed to be the uh luke thomas sunday digest the not the uh yeah there yeah you go. all right yeah. great uh hey todd m is back in the next one he takes luke and bc to flavor town with this one stay frosted
1: <laughs> dude i look like a. I look like a much fatter version jesus christ i look terrible here
0: Look at my hand. It's got the onion rings as fingers. That is fantastic. Guy Fieri in the house. Fantastic. I look, I
1: look like I manage Insane Clown Posse.
0: No, dude, you look like the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <look> at-
1: <laughs> Somebody once told me.
0: Oh, man, I hate that band. Hey, that first hit they had, remember uh, Walking on the Sun? Not that bad, right?
1: Might as well be walking on the sun. <laughs> All
0: right. Um... The next one from Anya Barry is back, and he's uh, his name is Scott in real life, and he has made Brian's newest album "Lonely at the Top." And <laughs> <Look> at- <laughs> I, now I, I get the
1: "lonely at the top" reference, but what what is on the actual album cover?
0: Dana White standing at the top of the cliff of (laughs) Wyoming (laughs) Bay as the sun's going down are you
1: shitting me dude that is so good wow wow
0: oh god I need this as a poster that is fantastic dude that that is
1: one of the most clever ones we've gotten that is very funny
0: yeah that is great great stuff there wow that's that's some meta on meta web screen type shit right there that is well freaking done yes thank you All right, uh, Kevin L. is back, and he's got an idea for BC's Sunday Digest.
1: (laughs) So what? Hot dogs, uh, curly fries, taquitos, (laughs) and two raw eggs. The only thing that's (laughs) fucked up about this is that the eggs should have been still inside the plastic bag.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Wow, nice grillers on there. Uh, What is that red spot on my chest, Gaff? What is that? Is that my heart? I think that's the
1: blood that just sort of oozes out of your nose. From acid reflux stain? or something.
0: Oh, that is well frickin' done right there. These people go to the ends of the earth to find. That That picture's from a uh, a now-canceled show, PBC Face to Face, all about that, in L.A. at the Fox Studios. Remember when I used to cash that check, Luke? Uh, I think that's on how here. you got COVID. Uh, no, that was a long time ago. I probably got COVID. Oh, you know what? I know. I think I got COVID from that weekend you and I spent in Brooklyn for the uh, Showtime fight.
1: I didn't get COVID then. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe I actually have had COVID. I just didn't know it. I don't know. I've maybe never you had
0: gave a... it to me. Maybe you were asymptomatic and you gave it to me and I was patient zero. Okay?
1: Maybe. But if that was the case, I would be patient zero. But okay.
0: Or just a big zero. All right. Hey, Scott M. Rizzo is a fine contributor to this channel. He's pretty upset that we named uh, Web Scream the donk of the year. So he made a nice little meme here, Luke.
1: <laughs> I can't quite see what he's doing on the bottom one.
0: Uh he's he put up the picture of Kanye West interrupting uh Taylor Swift to say uh, that Unedited? That, uh, to say that um Beyonce had the best video that year. You know that that reference Oh yeah, video. but I'm
1: saying the bottom one is unedited other than the hold my beer part.
0: Yeah, that's that's him. That's him jumping in to say sorry, I web okay. Uh Scott M. Rizzo had yeah, the I best know I get video.
1: the reference. I just couldn't tell if the photo was manipulated in any way.
0: No, no. It was, it's pretty. The joke is pretty straight up, Luke. It's it's unadulterated, unfiltered. It's right in your face. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. Hey, let's move on to Matt S. Matt the Smith. Smith says, Web Scream, you're taking everything I worked for. I want my edits to be chosen over your effing ass. You know who makes the real money edits? The real money edits come from me. And he has a Home Alone meme with Jay as Macaulay. And it says, He's been in their ear. Now they're in his house. <laughs> Shut up, Jay. <laughs> With you and I as the Wet Bandits. Luke, this is
1: brilliant. Dude, so you're Joe Pesci, and I'm the guy that, like, uh, steps on the nail. Yeah, the know? Daniel
0: Stern, the ver- the voice yeah. of the Wonder Years. Yes, yes.
1: I, I got to tell you, I think that's a very appropriate
0: grouping. Wow, wow. They know us better than we do, Luke. This is incredible. They really Matt do. the Smith Smith. Wow, well done, Matt S. Woo! All right, now it's time for... Uh, at omniscient 12b he goes by the name jt he's got a trio of movie posters luke here's the first one a play on the travolta cage uh, face off it's tip off luke in order to trap him he must go tip to tip
1: tip off we would we would replace the the bell ends of our of our (whistles) with each other that sounds really gross
0: yeah, that's pretty gross. That's pretty gross. JT comes back with another one, Luke. This is more pro wrestling style. I like this. The mega powers of Randy Macho Man Campbell and uh, racist Hulk Thomas over there. I love it. Love it. Uh, how
1: come I got to be the one that drops the N-word? That's not fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you, yeah, yeah. You know, you you like to make sex tapes with your best friend's wives, So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense there. i right, okay. uh, Yeah, okay. In that case, <laughs> I get it. The Mega Powers is the greatest pro wrestling story ever told. If you don't know the reference, uh, the storyline heading into, of course, uh, WrestleMania 5, the full year storyline. Love it. And Luke, it's probably apt. This is probably apropos a preview of you and I. We don't know who the Miss Elizabeth will be to break up our Mega Powers union here of taking over the fight talk sphere, but it will end very badly for us.
1: Okay. Okay yeah J- right. is jay miss
0: elizabeth he might be he well, i don't think he bre- tears us apart he just tears our soul out, our, our patience out uh let's go to jt with his final one this is a play on the movie predator another play on the movie predator look
1: look at you
0: a little bit of a copycat job there on the previous stuff that web Scream's put out but uh it did but he added the-,
1: the nice update as you as the, as the predator it, it works
0: and you know we got to close this segment Luke with Dickles he's back and he's got something called Basketball Dads it says it's a new show on pitching it's a twist on Basketball <laughs> Wives Expect th- except this twist is 40 year old white dads staying active in an effort to hold on to their youth it stars Brian Chunky Milk Campbell and here's hoping CBS picks it up let's watch this for the first time here we go Ha ha!
1: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Dickles is doing something special out there.
0: Oh, my God. That is so true. Tuesday nights, once COVID ends, you'll be seeing me with that same free throw. Wow. Oh, my God. That was great, Luke. That is it for your fan submissions. If you want to join this party of rejects, morning combat at gmail.com. Also, you can hit me up on the old uh, IG and Twitter DMs. You can see our handles later in the show. There it is. All right
1: good job luke. with that, that they, these get better and better every week dude uh i am very impressed i did not know how much of a culture there would be but dude photoshopping and mma memeing that's been around since like mma.tv you know the, the original mixed martial arts.com it's I a Kelly's part. theme
0: song too when you wake up and it's life that has Oh fist fight with your dream nobody has topped that yet luke
1: uh no not yet all right Uh, Let's see. If you would like to try Showtime, you certainly can. Showtime.com slash nothing. Just go to Showtime.com. Get a 30-day free trial if you like it. You can keep it. If not, pound sand. There is also our merch, store.show.com. I got a merch Uh,
0: question for you, Luke. Do I just have a really large head, or does this hat just not look good on me? We both have...
1: See, I'm not the right person to ask because we both have large melons, and it doesn't look good on my head either, but... My wife put it on, and it looked great for her. So, if you have a normal mammalian brain and a normal mammalian head, you should be fine. If you are a an ogre like me or a mutant like uh, Brian, <laughs> not the not the choice of apparel for you. So there's that. Um, okay, as he mentioned, you want to send in anything for the show submission for you know fan submissions, a question, something for Friday's Dead Wrong morning combat at gmail.com is the place to be and in fact we are all over social media beyond that it's going to be morning combat everywhere on youtube on gmail on instagram because email's not social media but you get the idea it's just morning combat consistently bc and i are both on twitter and instagram but our names there differ a little bit take a screenshot and then give us a follow if you so please and um friday we'll do dead wrong We'll react to the latest news and notes. There are no big fights this weekend, so we'll kind of get creative, a little bit fun with it, I think, for Friday's show. But after that, all the fights start kicking into high gear, so Friday's show will be the last sort of funnish one for a while
0: we should call up Chuck on Friday. I haven't talked to like, I know that we should probably do a, a, a welfare wellness check on Chuck and, you know, behind the scenes and yeah. make it more personal. Why don't we just cold call him on Friday show and do it as uh, as ridiculous as we can. I love that man. man. I love
1: that idea. I'm all, I'm down for that. Let's do it. I'll, That'd be great. I'll
0: text him in advance and say, keep the hat on though. All
1: right. All right. We'll do that. Um, I think I've got everything, all the plugs I need in there. So appreciate everybody watching. Take care of each other. Be safe. Come back for Friday, 11 a.m. Uh, That is Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. For everyone at Showtime, Malka, CBS Sports, and the like, uh, we'll see you Friday. Until then, may all of your gains be loyal.